Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. Just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Break down Dale Winslow. Oh, please. Decrate me. Cliffy baseball. Weep this. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet this. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Puzzle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The raucous red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Puzzle, your balls. Womack style. What's up, everybody? Jesus Christ. I was trying to do my, uh, I always do that to the kids, where I pretend I'm auditioning to be a YouTuber. YouTuber. Which, yes, I know you don't audition, you just do it. It's like being a podcaster. Any fuckface can have one. What's up? You notice they all say that, though? On these YouTube videos, everybody everybody does starts out, every single person, no matter what, if it's a video game thing or if it's just bullshit, whatever the fuck shit people do on YouTube, unboxing toys, which that's pretty much it. YouTube is just it's, it's video games and unboxing toys, these YouTubers. And they all started, what's up, guys? What's up, guys? This is the Birthday Boy coming at you. Episode 17 of the Birthday Boy Podcast. Yeah. I can't even. I have no energy to even 
to even muster up the energy to do what I just did there is that's it. I think that's that's it. Okay. Hey, thanks for coming, everybody. That's the podcast. We're going to wrap it up because I just used my last ounce of energy to say, what's up, guys? Anyway, welcome to episode 17. Uh, you can hear that hissing in the background. I'm sure. It's the old laptop, the old MacBook that I've been running it into the ground today. And you'll find out. You'll find out soon enough why because I've, I've been... I've been riding this MacBook nonstop since about four or five o'clock this evening. It is it's currently ten o'clock as I'm recording the podcast. And I've got a treat for you. There will be no uh no Fritz Weatherby bit today. There will be no Cliffy call either. But that's okay. You're not even you're not gonna care. You're still gonna get Fritz, just not not the way you've known him, and you're still gonna get the Womack family, the Cliff family. You're going to get Grandma Cliff. You're going to get the whole gang. And let me just let the cat out of the bag now because just stay tuned. If there was ever an episode that you didn't want to just click off in the middle of, it's this one. You don't. You should never click off any of my episodes because this is gold, Jerry Gold. But if you were to uh, choose one to listen to all the way to the end, this is the one because uh, I didn't think this would happen so quickly because I'm pretty lazy, but... Uh, we played the Cliffy, uh, Cliffy's Place, a little a little preview, a little trailer, if you will, for Cliffy's Place last week on episode 16. Seems awful lot like Cheers in some way. The theme song is very familiar, but I assure you there's in no way, shape, or form is it even remotely related to Cheers. In a lot of ways it is. But anyway, uh, listen until the end. There's going to be... No Cliffy call. There's going to be something much bigger and better. It's a full, a full pilot episode of Cliffy's Place, an episode that will never, uh, unlike Bank Life, there's no, there's no thought of ever having this on TV or anything. It's just an absurd premise and it's a silly situation. But I thought it would make a fun little bit. And the thing is, like 23 minutes long, like a full sitcom episode length, and. Uh, it's all your favorite uh, your favorite characters at the bar that they all purchase together. Uh, so that's why my laptop is hissing because the fan has been going. I mean, A, it's like super fucking hot in here. Um, the fan has been going nonstop because the computer's been going nonstop. So that's that's why I've got it as far away from the microphone as possible. So hopefully, hopefully you don't even hear that hissing, but I'm sure you do. Uh, in, in any case, s- stay. Stay through until the end of this episode. If you've if you've never finished a full episode of this podcast before, A, fuck you. How dare you? You're lost, not mine, asshole. B, uh, this is this is not the podcast to uh, to cut out halfway. You, you listen listen all the way through to the end. I think you're gonna like it. I think it came out pretty pretty well, pretty good, pretty well, pretty nice. Uh, so that's what's that's what's doing today. But I've got some things. I've got things for you. I've got some. I'm gonna just. I, I have no order to what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start out though with. I, I'm I'm actually gonna start. You know I'm gonna get to sounding board theater. But first. Uh, good week so far. Hopefully everybody agrees. Hopefully you're feeling the same way. I'm happy because it's almost fall. Uh, I kind of, you know. I've had enough. I've had enough summer. It's great. Summer's nice. Blah, blah, blah. It's enough. 
Let's get on. Let's get to fall. The spirit Halloween shops are open. It's it's getting cooler. Like there's nights where it gets into the fifties. It's it's almost here. It's almost here. God damn it. Oh man, and we Saturday we went to Portland for the first time. Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Museum of Art, Children's Museum, burgers, sat outside. It's just, oh my god, what a perfect day. Perfect. I don't even have, like, a funny story. I, w I was waiting for something, like, funny, ridiculous, absurd to happen. Nothing. Nothing did. We, like, we just found a really good parking space. <laughs> and the town is, like, relatively quiet. A lot, a lot quieter than I thought it would be on a Saturday. Um, it got busier. It picked up towards the end of the day in the evening, but still just nothing compared to what I'm used to and uh, just a fucking phenomenal a phenomenal time uh, and then uh, yeah Sunday Sunday was the big anniversary and we went and had some food at Burton's and it was delightful I had some carbonaro no that's the guy I had some carbonara see this fucker this carbonaro effect guy with his TV show now I get to a restaurant and I order carbonara and I don't, I, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I've, I've never had this problem until this carbonara effect guy showed up on true TV. Anyway, it was delicious. Who cares? We went mini golfing. It was great. Here's the big achievement for me. After mini golf on Sunday, there's a little ice cream place on site. We got some ice cream and I ordered myself an ice cream cone. And it was it was humid. It wasn't like Florida, but it was still pretty it was pretty humid. And I ate this ice cream cone. Minimal dripping, minimal drippage. Uh, a couple little drips here and there, but I was just I was aggressively uh, I was just aggressively tonguing that thing. I was just you know I was tonguing the shit out of that ice cream, just really giving it a good tonguing. And uh, yeah, so. I think I finally, I think I finally hit a major milestone in my life after 39 years on this planet. I think I can somewhat eat an ice cream cone without uh, having the ice cream glove covering my hand, like I told you about in a previous episode. So that's nice. That's nice, right? Eating ice cream is nice, and being able to eat all of the ice cream that they give you without watching it, you know, ooze onto the ground in your shoe and your hand and your shirt is also nice. And being uh, almost 40 and being able to eat an ice cream cone like a human being over the age of like seven, that's pretty nice too. So yeah, pretty good weekend. And, uh, like honestly, since these kids were babies, we've just, you know, we dragged them sometimes kicking and screaming out of the house to do things. But you know, you fucking figure like the window is, it's so small and it's closing every second of the day. And, you know, when we lived in Florida, we'd go to the beach and we'd go to Disney World. And when Cam, you know, when the kids were like literally babies, and we would just take them every, we'd take them to Disney World every weekend, take them to the beach. Not a ton, but enough. You know, fucking talk about a fucking schlep with kids. Beach, two year olds in Florida, the beach. And oh my God, forget it. You know, all that shit. North Carolina, mountains, blah, 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 blah. Four years that we've lived in New England, the mountains, the beach, Boston, different cities, different places, parks, this, that, all over, you know, locally and 
you know, pretty, pretty wide. We cast a wide net to places that we like to, you know, throw a dart at the map and go, uh, on a regular basis. And certainly over the summer when we have that kind of time to do things. And, uh, yeah, I think we've made, we've made the most of our time this summer. I do believe. And, uh, it's not over. We've got stuff coming up the end of the summer we've got things coming up we've got things we've got things coming up and i'm very excited i'm excited about the progress that i've made this week as it pertains to planning for vacation leisure time stay tuned on that hopefully i don't know who knows who knows what what that what effect that will have on the birthday boy podcast but hopefully something all right enough about that enough uh, enough of me let me uh let's do sounding board theater let's come back in a second, and we'll do some sounding board theater and jump into it. Let's jump into it. Let's uh, let's talk about the sounding board. Like I'm gonna go right to it. Let's go right to it. With all of sounding class. board theater. Are you ready? I like a martini. Actually, I lied. And bird on the glass. This is technically not sounding board theater. This is start New Hampshire theater. You wait and see. This is you local New Hampshire. Nothing so it's like <laughs> Thank you, Frankie. Uh, nothing but the best. And we've got the best on this you local New Hampshire board thing on Facebook. This is this is one of my this is honestly one of my favorites of all time. <laughs> of all the fucking idiots on all the idiot sounding boards on all the idiot Facebook pages and all the idiot cities and all the idiot states. This is one of the best ones. So this idiot named Lori. I don't know sometimes I choose not to give the names and sometimes I do. I don't really care. Lori. Her name is Lori Decato. Fuck it. <laughs> That's her name. Um, Lori Decato. You local New Hampshire. It's a Facebook page. And I, it's usually just like... It's just nice pictures of sunsets. It's the mountains and sunrises and the beach. It's just shit around New Hampshire. Just nice pictures. Okay, fine. That's nice to look at sometimes. Ooh, okay. I, that's a nice park. I'll go there someday. Cool. Thanks for sharing that picture. Great. Uh, but then sometimes people share pickles. On the U local New Hampshire, and in this case, Lori Decato shared a picture of her pickles in a jar, bunch of pickles in a bunch of in a bunch of mason jars, and all she said, "Just finished my very first time canning with one of those uh, smiley emojis with the with the bright cheeks because she's so pleased with herself." And some people. Uh, Everybody's pretty positive. This isn't like the sounding board. It's generally like a pretty positive thing. Like, hey, looks great. Great photo. Great shot. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful this. Great that. Everything's great. It's like a complete, you know, it's a complete fabrication of what the world is like out there. It's, oh, the sunset. That's the only thing happening, right? That's the most important thing of the day is the sunset. Beautiful. So you can forget about, like, all the other bullshit that you would see anywhere else, including the sounding board. But this time it's it's uh, it's very sounding board esque because Lori writes just finished my very first time canning and she has five or six uh, pickle jars uh, and people are very nice about it looks fab bread and butter pickles yes writes Lori 
Bread and butter pickles, my favorite. Well done. Thank you. You're welcome. They look yummy. Good job. Looks delicious. Awesome. Bread and butter. Great. It's nice. It's all just nice. Right, great job. Your first time canning. You, you, you're doing it. You did it. You're, you're a big kid now. Uh, and then somebody simply writes. Everything's going along. It looks fabulous. You're the best. You're the greatest. Uh, this is awesome. And then somebody, uh, Jenna Bradley, shows up and says, not not being mean there's no there's no uh maliciousness here that i can tell she just says simply writes uh you should watch you should watch the headspace or so i'm told that's awesome though nice job that's that's the comment just watch the headspace i don't know shit about canning uh, it's a pickle jar with pickles and yeah there's there's a decent amount of air between the the pickle juices what the pickles are in and the and the lid so okay and, and people are basically giving a suggestion expert canners <laughs> pro canners can experts experts in the can uh are simply saying hey you know watch out there's some air there's some air up there uh up between the between the lid and the pickles you should watch the headspace, or so I'm told. And then, but then she says, "And that's awesome, though. Nice job." So it's a it's a compliment. Just hey, heads up, just be mindful, uh, based on my experience. But you're doing great. Somebody responded, John, John Drown. That's a shitty last name. Correct. It should be about a half an inch. That was my thought. But good job, Lois. Somebody named Lois. Yes, that's true. The liquid should always cover the food. Fill the jars nearly full to the top of the jar. I did a lot of canning and love using food from our own garden. Smiley face. The next comment. I agree. Jars won't seal properly if not filled. Okay. So it's just some pretty helpful, like, hey, great job on your first time. Here's just a just a little pointer for the next time. You know, f do this different. Do this differently. Also, great job. You're awesome. Lori DeCato, the original poster, writes back, I can take constructive criticism. What I don't take is the mean way in which people say it. She was she was replying directly to this Lois, who again, Lois said, yes, that's true. The liquid should always cover the food in jars, filled jars nearly full to the top of the jar. I did a lot of canning and loved using food from our own garden. And she's the same person who put a smiley face emoji. That's how you, you make sure that there's no misinterpretation of what you say. Because the written word is so different. Communication is such a fucked up thing. You write something, message sent versus message received, all that shit. You put a fucking goddamn emoji, unless it's a work email. If you put a smiley emoji on a work email, that means I hate you and I want you to die and go fuck yourself and die tonight as soon as possible. That's what a smiley emoji means on a work email. But if it's on a Facebook thing where somebody's like bragging about they just learned how to can pickles and you're giving them some pointers, some suggestions, and you put a smiley emoji, that means, hey, you know, not trying to shit on your pickles, but, uh, you know, great job, do this differently. That's all. Smiley emoji. I can take constructive criticism. What I don't take is the mean way in which people say it. Uh, and then somebody, Lindsay Page, writes back, Lori DeCato. Haha, ha, you've lost your mind. There was nothing rude said except for my comment now. Everyone was trying to give you constructive criticism. Look back. I see a lot of good job in those comments. 
Why post the picture? What were you hoping for? Oh, that's right. A pat on the back like everyone expects on social media. Or maybe you were just trying to brag. Either way, get over it. You take things way too personally. Life's too damn short. If you don't like what somebody says, ignore it. It's pretty easy. The best thing you can do is ignore me too. Oh, yes, I'm sure like most of the time on social media, that comment will just be ignored. Oh, wait, no. Here's Lori DeCato. Lindsay Page, all righty then. You're rude. Didn't, and uh, let's just, let's be honest here. Lori DeCato is, you know, semi-illiterate. All righty then. You're, R-H-U-D-E, rude. No punctuation. People, you can tell a lot, you know. The smart ones never use punctuation on social media. Also, the stable ones never use it. <clears throat> Your rude didn't realize you local group was full of hate. Don't we see enough of that? Was simply proud of my first canning job. And my husband loves them, so that's all that matters. Lindsay Page. Being rude and speaking the truth are very different. Our opinions differ, and we can just agree to disagree here. Lori DeCato. About what? Seriously, I posted a positive picture of something I'm proud of. Like I say, negative people suck. Somebody joins the conversation. Linda Mercier Parrish. What a name. Lori DeCato. And you should be proud of your very first time trying. Canning is a lot of work. Trust me, I know. But people were just pointing out a mistake you made so you don't poison yourself or others. No one was being rude, IMO. Ball Canning has a very good book on how to properly and safely can foods. Recommended reading. Tara Flaherty. I didn't read anything rude. I'm reading this because I myself make pickles, but I've yet to can them because I don't want to hurt anyone. I just I just make a couple of jars for a couple of weeks. No negativity, just help. Rusty Nun writes, what a bitch. <laughs> it escalates so quickly. That's why you can't you can't look away. Excuse me, Baba Booey. Uh, Lori DeCato. Lori, dear. This is from somebody named Rachel Menard. Menard. Oh, Menards. Lori, dear. Although your pickles look delicious, please be sure to fill your jar jars a little more next time and be sure that the pickles or anything that you can are fully submerged in the liquid. Everyone's kind of like, you know, Hey, look, Lori, you just said it's your first time canning and all these people have suggestions that are identical to one another. Maybe, maybe you should listen to them. Someone named Faye Jackson Billen responded to Lindsay Page, who, as you recall, said, I'm about to be rude. Why don't you just move on and ignore what I'm about to say? Uh, Faye writes to Lindsay, just exactly how many pages do you troll? You are out of control. Like, you should ignore what I'm going to say, but then again, I'm a Christian woman, so I'm not going to say it. You've proved your point. Why you go on social media? Lindsay Page says, uh, I simply told her to ignore the negativity and move on. You disagree with my delivery, and that's okay. Rachel Menard writes, Christian my ass to Faye Jackson. It's just, it's, it's already out of control. Uh, Anthony Samsoul. Those jars should be filled about three-quarters from the top. You have too much air. Blah, blah, blah. Unseal and fill the jars and recan. If you don't have enough to fill a jar, use a small jar. I've been canning for 50 years. So dude knows a thing or two about the canning. And he's also saying the same thing that the other people are saying. So they're right. They're obviously right. Lori DeCato. They are sealed. Just because it was my first time, I know what the fuck I'm doing. 
Mike Landry writes to Lori, you seem like you're a blast at parties. <laughs> Faye Jackson Billen writes to Lori, if the jars are sealed, that's all that's important. The reason for the headspace is to allow the air to escape so the jar is properly sealed. You did good. Deborah Rogers, no, you obviously did not do good. Lori Dicato, thank you. It was my first time. My grandma died before she could show me. I looked it up online and went by the directions. My husband loves them. That's all that matters. But it's not. Obviously, people are giving you some, like, some fucking advice. Too much headspace. Watch a couple YouTube videos, unless there are refrigerator pickles. Uh, it seems like uh, botulism is a thing that would happen. That's what the people are saying here. You gotta watch out for the botulism. Uh, yeah, uh, more people. It should be a half an inch. Liquid should always cover the food and fill the jar nearly to the top of the jar. I did a lot of canning. Everybody's in agreement. I agree. Jars won't seal properly if not feel filled. Lori DeCato. Wow. All, right. All caps. Well, all righty then. Thank you to the negative people. Hashtag the jars are fucking sealed. Ooh. Faye Jackson, who's clearly on Lori Dicato's side. These people are crazy. Don't listen to them. Some people find fault with every damn thing. Just eat the pickles and enjoy them. You'll be fine. Deborah Rogers. Lori Dicato, you are new at this. No reason to be so rude. They are trying to keep you from poisoning yourself. And then she responds to this Faye Jackson. Sure, let her get botulism. It's just fatal. And who knows how... Anyone who knows how to can, can see what she did wrong. They aren't being negative by trying to explain what she did wrong. They're trying to help her. Any helpful advice some of us posting... <laughs> this isn't even in English, but anyway. Sorry you didn't appreciate that we were trying to help you. Happy canning anyway. Ramona Pippin tags Lori Dicato and says, Giving instruction, Lori, is not being negative. It's wonderful that you're learning and doing new things like this. It's wise to learn from others who have experience. See if there's anyone who does canning locally and you could can with. And you make a friend at the same time. That's that's a nice comment. Uh, Faye Jackson Billen. <laughs> oh my god. So, so everyone's a goddamn pickle expert now, huh? <laughs> Lori Dicato. I know, right? If it's sealed in the seals, if it's sealed in the seals are intact, you're fine. Whoever Googled this didn't read the whole article. Everyone has an opinion. Yeah, a bunch of fucking people who said they've been canning fucking pickles for 50 fucking years. Maybe they know something and you just said it's your first fucking time pickling, you stupid fuck. Rachel Menard, this Faye Jackson bill. I'm starting to wonder if Faye Jackson is just Lori... Uh, Decato, just a different uh, different profile. Rachel says, Faye, we have canned, we just have canned for decades and know what we are talking about. The food in the jars that is not covered in the water will spoil and potentially make whoever eats them sick. She's being sensitive. Could have said, hey, thanks for the tip. Truly, that's, uh, in a, there's a universe out there somewhere with rational people, I hope, who would have taken the criticism, oh, okay, Great, noted for next time, or I'll f I'll unseal those and fix it right away. Great to know. Thank you for helping me not poison myself and my family. Food jars will spoil. Make whoever eats them sick. She's being sensitive because it's a head. Hey, thanks for the tip. So the first person that commented about the headspace, but instead chose to go on the defensive. 
Everyone has told her good job for her first try. We're trying to save her time, money, and a trip to the fucking hospital. I added the fucking. By giving constructive criticism. What the hell's going on in this room? You blowing smoke up her ass is not beneficial to her in any way. And then somebody out of the blue just writes, Time to delete this thread. <laughs> no. that's Those are the threads you should never delete. Why do people delete these beautiful threads with all this horrible, idiotic, numbskullery? Don't delete these threads. Because they're, they're perfect in every way. There is a there is a thread on. I see it's not even the sounding. This isn't the sounding board either. It's Nashua, New Hampshire, past, present, and future. All these all these threads in and around Nashua, New Hampshire, all had their very specific purpose in life, and they've all just become the sounding board junior. I'm not gonna read this whole thing. It goes on for fucking ever. But it's a whole thread about Burger King. These people in uh, Nashua, man, they're passionate about that Burger King, and evidently. There is not a single good Burger King to be found. I wonder if the Burger King, Sean Patrick, I wonder if the BK on Amherst Street would be the next to go. I went there just, this is this is classic. I went there just to go because my car has no air conditioning. Just to sit in there for a few minutes and the dining room was closed. Drive in only in the middle of the day today. Other than no delivery, another problem fast food places seem to have is a lack of workers. So again, I say to you, this young Patrick, Sean Patrick, <laughs> had no plans of purchasing food from the Burger King. He was just going in to a BK to cool off. Because that's what you do. Hey, I'd like to get into a nice air-conditioned place. Burger King. That's where I'm going to go and sit and enjoy the view, the scenery, the sounds, the sights, the smells. And soak in that air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> so somebody... Writes, let me get this straight. Are you complaining that Burger King was not open as, <laughs> as a public cooling station for you? No, there are other places I can go, just that they are not even open in the middle of the day. They must be pretty understaffed then. Somebody within this thread writes, I went to the one on Main Street Thursday night. This is the, this is the downtown Burger King. This is the really bad one that we talked about in a previous Birthday Boy podcast. I went to the one on Main Street Thursday night. They didn't have burgers. <laughs> <laughs> only chicken because the broiler was broken. Also couldn't take cards, only cash. Went to McDonald's instead. I think that's one of my favorite things ever to show up at, <laughs> to show up at Burger King. Oh, uh, sorry, we're out of burgers. <laughs> uh, I bet they had that 99 cent taco though. Jesus Christ. <laughs> somebody somebody writes I took my family out to eat there, and it was by far the worst service I ever had. We spent over a hundred, a hundred dollars. The food was cold and tasteless. The server was rude and did not like her, and did not like her opinion of my daughter's vegetarian diet. Will not go back. Punctuation, goddamn fucking guys. So, so they didn't vegetarian something. Despite us, you could rather go to Taco Bell. Okay. <laughs> I've somebody responds. I've never heard of anyone spending over a hundred dollars at Burger King at once, unless it was a soccer team going. If it's you or your three kids and boyfriend, then you would have had to spend over twenty dollars per person to eat. 
unless it was a very overweight bunch of people. Then I can believe that. And somebody, and it's the same person. No child is going to be able to eat over twenty dollars in Burger King food unless extremely fat. How could anyone eat twenty dollars worth of Burger King without getting sick? More or less, my point exactly. Jesus Christ, this is fabulous. Ah, oh, Burger King. And oh, the sounding board. And I didn't even, none of that was from the sounding board, too. That's the crazy thing. Those are two completely separate things. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. Idiots, that's that's the gift. Idiots. And they all have the internet. Remember back in the 90s, like the mid-90s, when like a few people had the internet and you would go on there and a lot of them were really like helpful and, you know, relatively intelligent because you had to like, you know, you had to have some knowledge to like get online and browse the web and stuff like that. I'm talking like 95, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but now, now everybody gets the internet. Everybody has it. Everybody gets to have it. They all have it and, uh, and they all use it and it's just pickles, canned pickles and Burger King nightmares. I wonder if, uh, Decato, maybe she can take some of her botulism pickles over to the Burger King, uh, to, to put those on the burgers and just put everyone out of their fucking misery. And then they can just close down the Burger King and we'll be done with it. Botulism King. That's the new BK. talk about now. Seems loud. God damn. Uh, OJ. Fucking... I was gonna skip OJ. But goddamn, dude. Isn't it... It's kind of insane that he's even allowed to have a Twitter. And I know it's like, whatever, Twitter can... You can have a Twitter, not have a Twitter. <sighs> OJ gets to have a Twitter, though. And for whatever length of time he has a Twitter, we might as well f just fucking take advantage of this piece of shit. Uh, so... So this, this fuckhead... The from from a couple weeks ago, the two the two mass shootings, which I, you know, I'm not going to talk about that stuff on the podcast. You know, we all, you know, we, it's horrible, it's awful. But the the birthday boy podcast is, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about that shit. We're not going to politics and like world events and things. For the most part, it's it's just it ain't happening on this podcast. But fucking OJ being the nice guy that he is, sent his condolences to El Paso and to uh, Ohio because th I think that's probably the thing that they need. It was like, hey, how can we feel any worse? Hey, guys, hey guys uh, OJ just tweeted his condolences to you. Oh, well, now we feel worse. Hey, Twitter world, it's yours he truly. Does. I want to start by saying... It's sad OJ. He does sad OJ voice. When he's in mourning, when he's pretending to be a human and feel compassion towards others from a horrific 
tragedy. But he still manages to do his whole uh, his whole tagline. Hey, Twitter world, yours truly here, and I'm very sad today. You can tell because I'm putting on my sad voice, like I when I pretend to care about people getting murdered. Like one time I had to say, oh man, what? You mean my wife was killed? Stabbed to death? Oh no, that is so sad. Was anyone else stabbed to death? You know, any friends or anything like that? Oh no, Ron Goldman, not him too. Well, I'm just so much sadder now, as this is clearly the first time I've heard this news, and you can tell by my sad voice that I'm really, really sad. My condolences to uh, El Paso in Ohio. Uh, oh, man, it's horrible. You know, all of Americans should be affected by the Oh, man. That's the best. He's like... It's not like he's live. It's not like he has a talk show or anything. He can, he can, he can spend, he can spend the whole day planning his, these fucking videos of his are anywhere from 60 seconds to two minutes long. I don't, I think like, yeah, the, a minute and 58. I don't think he's gone over two minutes on any of these stupid, useless videos of his. So like. That's, he, he could write a script. He could have somebody else write a script for him. Somebody who knows what it's like to actually feel, uh, you know, some compassion or something for other people, other human beings. He, uh, you know, he might, he might have somebody, if, if there's anybody like that. I can't imagine there's a lot of people like that who want to hang around OJ. But just fucking, you know, pay somebody to write, write you a two-minute speech to give on Twitter if it's that fucking important, you stupid asshole. So, but the best he comes up with... Hey, Twitter world, yours truly here. Oh, man, not again. There's nothing I hate more than when people are killed. Because I'm a human being with a heart and a soul, right? You believe that, don't you? You know, I'm a history buff, and I watch all the history uh, <laughs> shows. Uh, recently, hmm. I was watching a show on History Channel. I was watching a show called O.J. Simpson, Made in America. Everyone, I wonder if he's watched that, if he's a history buff. There's quite a few. ESPN has like 10 hours worth of whatever that program is. Is that O.J. Made in America? There's the FX one with, with Cuba playing O.J., which is fantastic. And of course... Uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner. My son Theo plays Al Cowlings. That's a buddy comedy just waiting to happen, isn't it? OJ and the Cos just driving up and down. But it's t- instead of fighting crime, we commit crimes. Sex crimes. That's me. Murder. That's me. Oh, I mean, actually, that's the real killer, not me. That's uh yeah, that's that's a buddy comedy waiting to happen. The juice, Cosby and the juice, Jello, Jello and the juice, <laughs> pudding pop and the juice. Oh my god, 
I don't even want to play the rest of this. What else do you have to say, you fuck? Germany uh, in, in the oh. 30s and how they came out of the Great Depression. Uh, they were affected as much as anyone. Okay. Uh, mainly because of the sanctions placed on them what? because of World War One, deservingly so. In any event, they came flying out of that depression, man. They were building uh, roads, the Autobahn, uh, affordable cars for all the Germans. Uh, I guess that was a Volkswagen. Is he praising the Nazis? And they were working. You know, their factories were, were booming. Uh, now we know they were building U-boats and Panzer uh, tanks. Their factories were booming, making all kinds of shit. You know, you know what? I'm not even. That's so fucking dark. I don't even want to joke about it. Uh, what is your point, OJ? But in any event, their economy was booming. Um, mm. And then they added something special. They added hatred. Hatred for people, for a race. Some. How many? How often do you hear somebody refer to hatred as something special? You know, he's really got something special. Oh, what's that? racism oh i you know i guess i guess that's special technically it's a you know if it's like special special it's kind of shitty special yeah he's really man he's really got something special he hates the jews it takes a special kind of person to hate the jews it takes a really special person to hate the juice though I mean, I don't care if you hate Jews. As long as you don't hate the juice, you know, yours truly. Yours truly. Fucking douchebag. People, and for religion. And we know what that led to. What's amazing is when the war was over. How many you know what's amazing is that OJ is giving us a history lesson on hatred and how what, what hatred did to Nazi Germany World War Two, all this stuff. If you don't learn your lesson, <laughs> hatred's going to take over. And that means someone might get stabbed repeatedly. Multiple times, multiple people. Oh, this is a great lesson, OJ. OJ, the great, uh, you know, he should be like on a lecture series, you know, where they have like, uh, you know, World War Two veterans and like, you know, people who marched with Martin Luther King and like, uh, you know, freedom riders and, uh, and, and like Holocaust survivors, they should have like, just put OJ on there too. Cause he's, he's a, he's a regular he's a fucking, he's a regular Martin Luther King. This guy, you know, hate it ain't great. If it don't fit, you must quit. No, the atrocities were taking place. I guess they were too blinded by the economy. Now in America, our economy is booming. Thank God. Love it. But what else is booming? Hatred. To me, anybody who's not speaking out loudly against the ideology that these people have that are committing these crimes are against the guns that are being used for the crimes. If they're not against it... Is there anybody and like... like I have I have plenty of strong opinions on all the shit that he's saying. What I also have an opinion on is if I have a strong opinion on something, if I'm in support of something, I I don't want or need OJ to offer his support of my stance on anything. There's just people like, oh God, please. 
It's like everybody, everybody on one side of the political fence is like, oh, please, please let OJ be on their team. And then on the other side of the fence, like, oh, God, please not OJ. Just, just let OJ be on, in their camp. Please let OJ be on the left. Please let OJ be on the right. How come nobody, nobody wants the Jews? I don't get it. In World War II, they didn't want the Jews, and now they don't want the Jews. And that's mean. Kind of like how Nicole didn't want to be married to me anymore. She didn't want the juice either. I didn't understand that. And obviously, whoever killed Nicole felt the same way that I did and was just as upset about her not liking the juice as I was. Of course, I'm not filled with hate. You have to be very, very special to be filled with hate. And I'm not special at all. I'm the least special person alive. That's right. Old, not special at all, OJ, Orenthal, not special, Juice Simpson. The least special guy out there. I'll tell you who is special, the real killer. Anyway, Twitter world, gotta get back to the golf course. I have a hunch the real killer is hiding out on one of these golf courses. I believe he's on the fairway somewhere. And so believe me, Twitter world, I'm not going to rest until I've searched every golf course in California and Las Vegas and everywhere in between until I've found a real killer. I know you're out there. I know you're at Pebble Beach, killer. So I'm coming there to find you. Pebble Beach, real killer. Here I come. Here comes OJ. They must be for it. Booming economy, <laughs> hatred. Sounds familiar. I'm just saying, take care. Booming economy, hatred. Takes me back to 1994 when the economy was starting to boom a little bit and I was full of hatred. I mean, the real killer was full of hatred. Anyway, you better not hate people or I'll come for you. I got some getting even to do. <laughs> Take care to the world. Yours truly. Off to the golf course I go. You know, it's funny I feel like I could be totally wrong on this and you you the listener may know better than I do because you're listening I feel like I've been more mellow on the podcast as of late which is weird weird anyway um <laughs> I think it's you know, the first few episodes I was just complaining about a lot of stuff. And I have lots to complain about. And then it's funny, lately, you know, I go to Shaw's and, and Fist Bump isn't there. And, like, we spend a whole day in Portland, Maine and nothing, like, weird or stupid happens. And then, like, I'm, I'm like, and that, now that's what's pissing me off. Now my complaint is that, like, nothing shitty is happening to me. To bitch about on the podcast. It's like, of course, I finally find a fucking podcast where I can scream and swear about everything. And then what happens? I go out into the I go out into the world on a Saturday and have a perfectly lovely time with the family. 
it's like truly was ha like start to finish endless happiness nobody was nothing bad you know no jerks everybody was so nice in portland like way too nice and i'm like what the fuck like isn't anybody like nobody nobody did anything so you know what fuck fuck you portland Next time you should be a little bit meaner so I have something to talk about on the goddamn podcast. This is... lives are at stake. I don't know how, but they just are. Oh, man. So... I have a list here. Alright, we talked about fucking OJ. I didn't really want to talk about him last week, and I didn't. I frankly didn't really want to talk about him <laughs> that much this week, but I did. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, OJ is... I, th I think I just like doing the voice. The voice is so easy to do. Because he's such a fucking cartoon character, doofy fucking bastard. Just can't help myself. Uh, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell one more story and then call it a day. Yeah, I know. Oh, you know what? I have it written down here. Taking the kids to see Crawl. That's not much of a story, but Jesus Christ, that was fun. Uh, man. This has been a lot of good TV this summer. On just things that I've caught up with. Season 2 of Miss Maisel on Amazon. What a fucking show that is. The Boys, Season 1 on Amazon. Oh my God. That show. I... Like, look, I mostly, I mostly hate superhero shit, like, in any way, you know, even when they try to, it's a whole different take on superheroes. I'm like, nah, I, I still don't like it. And, uh, you know, some of the Superman movies I like, Spider-Man, it's great. A lot of the Batman stuff is great. The original Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman, Christian Bale's Batman, the Batman in particular with Joker, with Heath, uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, you know, I love that. I love those things. I hate the Avenger movies. I think they're so fucking boring. As I, I think I've mentioned that already. And just a lot of that shit. Thor Ragnarok was great. But even, even when they're good, I don't want to watch them again a second time. The only exception, yeah, the, some of the movies that I mentioned, like the, the, the Michael Keaton Batman, the Heath, uh, Heath Ledger Joker, you know, that stuff... You know, a few others. Um, and then, of course, Into the Spider-Verse is just one of my favorite movies ever, I think. I think that's going to go down. I just, we'll just put that on. We'll just put it on and watch it no matter what. And the kids, the kids will say they don't want to watch it. And as soon as I hit play, they just stop. And everybody just sits and stares at the TV. Just like when we, we saw that in the fucking theater. I was like, we have to see this. We must see this in the theater. It's one of the best, it's one of the best superhero movies ever. It's it's one of the best. It's just awesome. It's just fucking awesome. Oh my god. So, anyways, but you know, so I guess I like a lot of Spider-Man stuff, and I love the Tom Holland. The, he's he's just phenomenal as Spider-Man. He's fucking just great. I've already talked about Spider-Man. He's great. Uh, I don't I don't care about I. <laughs> this is this is if you thought this if you thought my my opinion on jerseys was bad, uh, I also you know had enough of. Of Tony Stark, so I'm I'm about to spoil some things. Uh, happy that he's out of the picture. Thrilled, actually. I I liked the Spider-Man movie that much more, just not having his fucking face all over the all over the screen. 
I like Robert Downey Jr. I just, you know, enough of Tony Stark. And I know they're pretty much the same guy. Anyway, uh, The Boys is like, I, I saw the trailer for this movie and I thought, or for this TV show <clears throat> on Amazon. And I thought, this sucks. This is going to suck. Total balls. And I don't know shit about it. I've tried reading comics. It's just weird. It's weird how you can't get into stuff. Like, on paper, you should really be into certain things, and then you just not. And I've tried so many times reading comics, reading a nice, like, a digital comic I have on, on my iPad or something, you know, a Batman or something like that, and they're just these beautiful, beautiful frames, and it's it's just gorgeous, and, you know, the story is really cool. And I just I can't fucking get into it. I don't know what it is. I can't get into comic books. And so I generally, you know, I don't, I don't, a lot of the stuff that becomes a movie or a TV show, it's the first time I've heard of it. I don't know shit about comic books. Again, I've tried many, many, many times to get into it. I can't do it. That's fine. Whatever. Everything's not for everyone, right? Like, there's a bunch of people out there who don't care about video games. Fine. That's, that's cool. You know, look, I love, I love WWE. Maybe that's why. Because I found wrestling before I found comics. And it's kind of the same thing, you know. It's guys, guys and girls in tights who are larger than life, who don't look like average humans, who do, who actually do things that the average human doesn't do. When you see a guy in a wrestling ring get up on the top rope and he does, you know, eight backflips and lands on the guy outside the ring, it's like holy shit. And then he, you know, stands on his feet, lives to tell the tale. So maybe that's it. I didn't have, I didn't have room in my life for, for both things. So I, whatever came first, if maybe if comics came first, I, I don't know. In any event, I saw the trailer for The Boys, and I thought, eh, eh, it's it's not it's not your it's not your grandfather's superheroes. <laughs> nobody nobody said that at any point in time during the trailer for the thing, but it's obviously it's it's not it's superheroes not quite the way that's uh, that we think of superheroes. And I thought the trailer looked terrible. I thought the show looked like a piece of crap. And but it had Carl Urban in it. If Carl Urban's in something, I'm f- I'm down. I'm down with it. Uh, you know, whatever. Lord of the Rings, Star Trek. Obviously, I'm gonna watch those anyways, with with or without Carl Urban. Uh, but then that remember that show, Too Human. I think it was called Too Almost Human. Almost Human or Too Human. Carl Urban, that was such a great show. On It was on Fox, like, 2013 or 2014. It was so good. And it got canceled because, you know, whatever. They had to fucking make another... Everybody's watching, you know, one of the 50 Law & Order shows or some, you know, fucking rape procedural porn thing that everybody's into. Anyways, um... Carl Urban's in the in the boys, so I thought, all right, I'm gonna give this a shot because I love Carl Urban. He can do no wrong, as far as I'm concerned. And God damn it, what? A, not only is Carl Urban in it, but uh, Anthony Starr, I think is his name. He was he was the main guy, Sheriff Hood in Banshee. If you haven't watched Banshee, fu- talk about like superhero nonsense. It's not a superhero show, but the stuff that this guy does sheriff hood the things that he survives it's it's like a video game and it's just you know tons of violence and swearing and oh it's just awesome it was on uh, cinemax i think and i don't know they had like five seasons it was on for quite a while i just fucking loved that show oh my god uh, he plays he's homelander who's you know like he's you know superman there's obvious they're, they're not like 
you know, you don't need to be into comics to know like, oh, this guy's supposed to be Superman and and Queen Maeve is supposed to she's Wonder Woman, obviously. This and that. And uh oh god, they're just such dicks. The superheroes, the soups. They're most of them are such pieces of shit. And in the in the in the best possible way or in the worst possible they're just horrible. But it's you can't you can't stop watching because you want to know what what dastardly thing they'll do next. And it, and it's fucking yeah, they're oh, just so good. I can't I can't it's hard to talk about it because I don't want to I, I want to talk about the things that happen, but if anybody it's a relatively new show, so I don't want to spoil things for you. But goddamn, that's a fucking show right there. Uh what we do in the shadows, the TV version of the movie is it's the the boys and what we do in the shadows are tied as far as I'm concerned for like the best new shows that have come out this year. And I know what we do in the shadows was more like spring into early summer, but oh my god. I said it on Facebook months ago. I'm sticking with my with what I said then. It's better than the movie. I really like truly I it's so funny. And the movie's great. What we do in the shadows of the movie. Kim and I, I remember we were <laughs> the only ones in the theater at that one too. I think not not a ton of uh, not a ton of interest in that movie in North Carolina when we lived there. Um, oh, but the the TV show is just so goddamn good. It's so fucking good. And the boys, it's just such a oh my god, it's such a great show. The characters are fabulous. The actors are fantastic. Everything. Oh, it's just more, and I can't, I can't, I can't say much more than that because I can't say things without giving it away. But the superheroes, the soups, for the most part, are such pieces of shit. There's a couple decent ones, but they get treated like shit, and it's like there's so much. Just it's it's as much about superheroes as like you know community is about community college, right? Like it's yeah, they are. We're dealing with superheroes, but it's like it's just so much. It's so much more. It's so layered. I don't know if it's layered. I don't know anything about anything, but it's no. There's there's just a lot going on, and it's great. It's so good. That's all I can tell you. I don't know what I, I'm. Every time I go to say something about a certain episode, I can't because it's gonna. Yeah, there's just. Uh, it's just it's it's fabulous. That's that's my really shitty. A more art- articulate person could give you a review without giving spoilers and could actually tell you something about it, but I can just tell you. That the actors are fabulous, uh, the characters, the writing is fantastic, and the the just the 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 fucking the depths of depravity of these fucking superheroes. You know, there's it's stuff. It's like real life stuff. Even though they're superheroes with superpowers, they're you know there's like you know uh, performance enhancing drug type addiction things, and there's like there's me too type stuff. Um, you know, not like not not a preachy beating you over the head kind of thing. It's it's like, oh man, that's you know, so many like very real life scenarios but involving these superheroes. And it's just, you know, there's like there's stuff that's just like, oh man, I'm like watching it's like I'm watching, you know, the early good seasons of House of Cards. I mean, there's just because there's just the, you know, manipulation and political things, but not so much that it's boring. It's not like you know, you're not going to have a scene where there's, you know, 30 minutes of a Senate hearing or anything like that. It's just, it, you know, the same way that, like, Billions has, you know, political things. It's it's interesting. It's always fun and interesting. Billions, man, that's another great goddamn show. 
I got into succession too. Cause once billions ends, I'm like, you know, I need to scratch that itch and find other sh- shows about billionaire assholes and, uh, and succession is a good one. I, I fucking love succession. Season two just started up. Kimmy and I watched big little lies. Eh, first season was fine. It just, I, I couldn't hold my interest. It was only two seasons, so it was easy enough. There was that show on Netflix that was great. Uh, kind of similar. Obviously, they made it to try and sort of cash in on Big Little Lies. It has uh, Christina Applegate um, and Linda Cardinelli, Cardellini, Cardinelli, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Freaks and geeks. She's in a million things. Anyway. Uh, that's a, that was a good show. Plus, every episode there's like eight episodes and they're like twenty minutes long. So you bang that thing out in a in a sitting or two sittings. Dairy Girls season two was just on. Yeah, we've we've really it's been a productive summer as far as getting out and seeing the world and also really plowing through some some quality television. And uh, yeah, I took the kids to see, and this was the original point that I was going to make, I took the kids to see Crawl a couple weeks ago, early on a Saturday, whole theater to ourselves, the comfy AMC reclining leather chairs, which I don't like because I, I'm always going to fall asleep. Crawl might be, Crawl uh, joins the Spider-Verse as like the two movies in the last year. No matter how good they are, I fall asleep in every movie, no matter what. I just, I just do. It's dark and it's comfy. I'm going to fall asleep unless I have candy. Unless I have a box of goobers, which, by the way, they don't have at AMC. I have. I fucking went out. We went and saw the Dora movie, which was way, way funnier and way better than it had any right to be. Uh, and I went out to find goobers, and I had to ask. I'm like, do you guys carry goobers? Uh, no, sir. We carry candy that people eat. Oh. Uh, so, Yeah. Crawl. So we saw Crawl. That was one of the few movies where I, at no point was I even remotely close to falling asleep. And and yeah, it's rated R. Yeah, I took I took my uh, seven and nine year old kids to see a rated R movie about alligators in Florida eating people. Big fucking deal, so, you know. And guess what? They had a blast. Kaylin, she covered her her face. She buried her face in the chair at all the right times. And uh, and even Cam did too once or twice, I think. But it was, you know, it's R-rated. I'm, I'm honestly not sure why it's an R. There wasn't, there wasn't that much. Go- I mean, yeah, there's gators chomping on people, but it's, it's more the. Uh, I guess it's more the uh, whatever the psychological. You know, when are when are the gators coming, and when are they going to get me? And oh, oh, here comes a gator. What's going to happen? It's, it's the fear and the, the thrill and all that stuff. That's, I guess, I guess that's what makes it R. And, and you know, the part where the gator, you know eats the guy alive i guess maybe that part too i don't know uh but oh man honestly the worst part for the kids of seeing that movie the part where i actually did say close your eyes close your ears cover everything don't look at this was the was the trailers a lot of movies i'm interested in too i mean obviously you got star wars and you got jumanji 2 coming out that's a that's a fun one uh you got uh this fall i mean there's a lot of shit that I want to see, and I want to see the Terminator movie. I haven't given two fucks about Terminator since, like, 1992. And I think the last Terminator movie I saw was the the third one that that had Arnold in it right before, you know, when he was when he became governor, and it was, like, one of the last movies that he did. And, uh, and that sucked. I think Claire Danes was in it. It was fucking awful. It was so boring. And then I didn't care about any of the other ones after that because I just want... I want 
oh, I want the Terminator. I want Arnold. I want the tab. I want the Terminator. So this one's coming out and it's got, you know, fucking Linda Hamilton. It's got Sarah Connor. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger. It looks like it's just nonstop action. Perfect. Great. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. And, and they played a trailer for it too, which really went over well with Kalen. Um, and it's just the long scene of in the old lady's house and the, uh, Chastain is looking at the pictures of her as a little girl and there's, you know, Pennywise is like her dad or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was, that trailer was more terrifying than anything that happened in the alligator movie. And then, um, uh, and then there was a, a trailer for the hunt, which I guess has been canceled where they just hunt people for sport you know, the, the most dangerous game kind of thing. It all looks really good. It'll come out eventually, I'm sure, somewhere, somehow, some way. They all do. But, uh, yeah, that was exciting. And then the trailer where I told them both to put bury your head under the chair and don't look and don't listen to anything was for Hide and Seek, which is a movie where they're all in a big mansion. It's the wedding day, and they hunt the bride for sport throughout the house. And it was a red band trailer, so it was all the swears, all the blood and guts and hack and slash and blowing people's heads off and things like that. That was the worst part of seeing Crawl, was, you know, making the kid. And they did, they buried their heads, they didn't look at anything, which was great. Uh, I'm excited to see that movie, by the way. And then, uh, and then the Gator movie was just nonstop, you know, the floods coming. They spent half of the movie in a crawl space, which was great. You got that Barry Barry Pepper, Barry Pepper, he's he's in the crawl space, and his daughter goes to find him, and there's just this the scene where she's you know he's been attacked by a gator and for some, you know I'm not gonna think too deeply on it but why was he, you know he was bitten by the gator and dragged and and but not in a place that would be where a gator would drag food for later, uh, later gator haha, <laughs> um. He was just lying there with gator chomp marks on him, and she revived him, and she's dragging him on a tarp to safety. And then, you know, it's also funny, too, these movies that they, they have these movies that take place in Florida, and for some reason the main character's house always looks like a, a Victorian estate in Vermont, and it's on a hill for some reason. Oh, yeah, that's that's really, really Florida-y. That looks like every place I've ever seen in Florida, a nice, you know, grassy knolls and old Victorian houses with lots of lots of wood and a crawl space you know because that's what that's another thing that houses have is spaces underneath them that's that's something you find a lot in Florida too anyway suspend disbelief whatever she's pulling her dad through the crawl space through the mud trying to get to safety and then this ga- this fucking gator the biggest gator ever just bursts through the wall and just starts chasing after them, and it's the grit. And all three of us jumped out of our seats, and we're laughing and we're screaming, and oh my god, oh my god, the gators get out of there, gators! Get. The whole time we had the place to ourselves, so it was, it was a blast. It was so fun, and I that was that might have been so far the best movie of the summer, quite honestly. That was goddamn awesome. That crawl, crawl. If crawl's still in the theater, I highly recommend it, and I highly recommend taking your little kids. If you have little elementary school age children, seven and nine, take them. You know, they got to learn this stuff. They got to learn the, the dangers of gators. And what better way than to see a movie 
where a gator crawls, not one gator, many gators crawling around Florida, uh, crawling around houses, eating people. It's just fabulous. All right. One final story for this week. There's lots of... ah, So much stuff. Well, that's what next week's for, right? Yeah. really I guess that's good that's a good problem I have if I had a blank piece of paper I'd be like all right okay that's it for the podcast it's over forever but luckily there's plenty to talk about lots to talk about and yeah talking to Shimo this week I keep putting it off I, I, I wrote it down a long time ago and then I think you know whatever I don't talk about on one episode of the podcast I carry it over in my notebook to the next episode I just just keep carrying it over. And there's some things that just keep carrying over and over and over. And sometimes stuff just gets lost. And weeks and weeks ago, I was going to talk about Woodstock 99 because it was just, we just passed the fucking 20 year anniversary of Woodstock 99, which is crazy. And uh, yeah, I forgot. And so I was talking to Shimo this week and he reminded me, he asked if I was going to talk about Woodstock 99 at any point, And I said, yes, absolutely. I had been planning to for quite some time, and so let's let's talk about it. And so this Woodstock '99, oh my gosh! You know they had the original Woodstock in '69, which, as you know, uh, from uh, Mr. Bazozzi was there. He was two years old in diapers, uh, and now he's like sixty years old in diapers. They should have fucking potty trained that poor bastard. They never did. That's my speculation on my part, but I he looks like the kind of guy who, you know, shit himself just to do it, just to say he did. Yeah. Guys, let's go 60s. Anyway, Woodstock 69, then they did the Woodstock 94, which of course the mud pits and all that shit. And then Woodstock 99, and I actually I did I found an article that I thought was pretty pretty good. Because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people talk about Woodstock 99 and they just kind of sort of shit on it, which is not, that's fair, kind of, but also like there were, it wasn't like just this whole shit show. Everybody remembers the, the scenes at the end, at the end of the whole festival, the whole weekend, the whole place was on fire, literally on fire. Started with a little fire here, and then a little fire there, and then lots of fire everywhere. Just fire all over the fucking place. And it really, yeah, it looked like, you know, right out of a movie, right out of, like, some post-apocalyptic thing. But, Jesus Christ, I mean, the fucking, the bands that were there, the acts that were there, it's 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 kind of uh, unbelievable. I've, I actually, I sometimes forget just how many bands were there, like... Huge name bands performing all weekend. And uh, so I read this article. I mean, I kind of skimmed this article, which is from Paste, pastemagazine.com, by Ellen Johnson, July 24th, 2019. 
looking back at the music and the disaster 20 years later. And she writes, that's not the most enticing introduction. Oh, 20 years ago this week, disaster struck Rome, New York. This is from July 24th, so a few weeks ago. Uh, that's not the most enticing introduction to a music festival retrospective, but this wasn't an ordinary event. Hundreds of thousands of music fans. Estimates range from 200,000 to 400,000, she added parenthetically. Uh, yeah, that, that seems about right. It was, it was something. Fl- uh, 200 to 400,000 flocked to the dusty fields of Rome for the 30th anniversary of the original, of the original Woodstock. But the name is where the similarities between the two begin and end. Woodstock 99 is remembered as a catastrophe. (laughs) Riots, violence, fires, mudslides, sexual assault, and all manner of chaos plagued the three-day event. You know, not so much for me. Although I did did have a a nutsack in my face. We'll get to that in a sec. Uh, So much so that most who were in attendance look back with more chagrin than nostalgia. No, I mean, I remember, I do remember it being miserable, but that, that was entirely due to the weather. It was so fucking hot. I've, I've never felt heat like this in all the time in Florida, in North Carolina, in any place else. The, the hottest day, the brightest day, and the hottest summer, I don't remember feeling as hot as I felt under the blazing sun at this Woodstock 99 in July in this fucking heat wave. Uh, it's no wonder Woodstock 50 can't get its act together. It's a cursed event now. But despite the madness the injuries, and the raging fires. And then again, parenthetically, this thing really did look like a scene from your favorite dystopian novel. That is true. There were some memorable performances by the era's biggest acts. The Limp Biscuit set brought on riots and dangerous moshings, so we'll skip that one instead revisit a few calmer moments from July 24th, 1999. Uh, and then she's talking about Dave Matthews and Alanis Morissette. I, yeah, I mean, I, I remember seeing those guys. Uh great performances at this point in their hour-long set matthew's gray sweat-soaked t-shirt darkened to a berry purple did i mention woodstock 99 was during a heat wave well i mentioned it uh article lady so uh counting crows metallica raging his machine blah 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 blah. woodstock 99 was nothing short of a disaster but at least it provided us with some musical snapshots of 1999 that's for sure it definitely did so it's just a it's a it's just a small article it's not like a it's not this whole big expose or anything like that but uh, yeah i mean the thing is it was a whole disaster at the end the place was literally on fire and there's just tens of thousands of tents being left with like fire blazing in the background and the shadows of all these abandoned tents uh as but you know shimo and i went and we're just kind of casually strolling through the tents you know, thinking like, hey, maybe we should grab some of these and sell them somewhere, sell them on eBay or something like that. And then we were talking about wrestling and video games, as we do literally everywhere, anywhere ever that we've ever gone. Um, but the weekend, the weekend started out uh, as two imbeciles embarking on a quest, <laughs> a quest across, uh, you know, several hours across the state of New York, not too far from our home in beautiful Burnt Hills, Boston Lake. And uh, we thought, you know, we're 19 years old. We, we've got our shit together. We really know our stuff. Uh, let's let's prepare accordingly for this uh, two-day event, two-night, Friday night and Saturday night. We'll be there all day Saturday, all day Sunday, into, you know, Friday evening a little bit. We should really prepare accordingly. 
Uh, obviously, once we got our tickets, we did just that, and uh, uh, you know, we really we we spent the summer just brainstorming. You know, what kind of equipment, what kind of gear, food, supplies, things like that, and um, and by that I mean we waited until the day of the event, and we prepared for two days, two full days, and two nights out in the middle of a field in a concert in a heat wave. We prepared by bringing. Uh, I think we had six packages of Lunchables and a tarp. Uh, no tent, no uh, no additional food, no kind of cooler, no kind of uh, you know non-perishable items that we could easily you know keep throughout the day, snacks and whatnot. No, just yeah, three Lunchables for you, three Lunchables for me. We'll eat a Lunchable a day, and that should pretty much do it. And then, of course, you know, a ton of weed, because uh, 1999. If it was between 1998 and 2000 and May 24, 2001, then there was a good chance that I was, you know, still smoking weed at that time. 1999 was definitely that's that was the peak of my weed smoking. That was the there were a few a few bits where it didn't bother me, and that was that summer weed didn't bother me at all. I quite enjoyed it, and uh, that was the summer that I sold Cutco knives. That's another story I'll have to write down for later. Vector. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Summer of '99 was uh, that was a that was a good one. That was a good one because like two weeks after this Woodstock was when Kimmy uh, invited herself to go to a party with me, and we couldn't. I drove around trying to find it, and we ended up back at my place, uh, making out on the couch watching Titanic, and that's the rest is history, my friends. That's an that's also a whole topic for an entire podcast. But so this Woodstock, Sushimo so and I, we set sail for Rome, New York, and we stopped and got all of the essentials: three lunchables for me, three lunchables for him. I probably had like a bottle, like a small bottle of Saratoga water that I often carried around, and then a tarp. You know, gotta have can't just. I'm, we're not animals. We're not idiots. We're not just gonna sleep on the dirt and grass like fucking, you know, scumbags, we're going to get a, a tarp and we're going to unravel the tarp. And that's what we did. So we had a, we had a nice little tarp and, uh, we had, uh, I had a pillow and Joe had a pillow and we had our three lunchables. And I think the lunchables lasted until maybe about nine, nine or 10 o'clock, maybe 11, 11 o'clock on the first night that we were there. So that plan didn't quite pan out the way that we calculated and so yeah uh, so we got there on the first night luckily Shimo found a great parking spot so that was nice right near the gate right near the, the entrance the fence uh, so it wasn't a long walk this would prove to be beneficial uh, very early on in our uh, in our weekend because uh, once we once we we went and we saw uh, we saw Moby that first night he was performing in one of the little like hangars or something uh, on that Friday night, and by the way, you know, I'm an open book. Uh, yeah, smoked quite a bit of weed that weekend. I uh, had one change of clothing, a t-shirt, and a pair of shorts, which wasn't that outrageous because I, you know, in those days would go like weeks at a time wearing the same outfit because I was disgusting. Uh, and I wore a ping golf hat, a straw ping golf hat. So I really I looked like a guy who was going to Woodstock, khaki shorts. Doc Siders, probably. 
because I was probably too stupid to like, oh, I should wear sneakers for all the walking I'm going to do. So I'm sure I had boat shoes on like a fucking maniac. Uh, yeah, khaki shorts, probably cargo shorts, docksiders, t-shirt, and a golf hat. I'm ready for Woodstock, gang. Let's party. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that's how I spent the weekend dressed like that. And on the first night, we went and saw Moby. Yeah, we smoked a lot of weed that weekend. And we also, on that first night, thought, hey, you know, I don't know, some random kid we don't know, uh, hey, he's selling ecstasy. Let's give this a try. And uh, so we bought some, uh, like, uh, one, please. <laughs> that's, you know, just like just like when I would say things to Nate, like, uh, whip us up another batch of that pot, Nate. And I would go, uh, excuse me, sir, are you a... Are you dealing drugs here at this concert? Because I would like to, uh, we would, my friend and I would like to purchase uh, some of your wares, please, good sir. And, uh, you know, we're idiots. We're the, we're the same geniuses who bought uh, half a dozen Lunchables and a tarp to spend an entire weekend outside. So naturally, we're also the same geniuses who, A, are going to buy ecstasy, which is stupid enough, and B, going to buy it from some fucking jackass who's just standing there. And, uh, yeah, so we purchased, we made our transaction, we, we transacted and then, uh, took our ecstasy, I'm making air quotes and, (laughs) and, uh, here's what proceeded to happen after I, you know, after we took this ecstasy, uh, absolutely nothing, nothing at all. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the E was for Excedrin. I think that's I think that's about it. I think we took some some Excedrin or some kind of aspirin <laughs> extra the E was for extra strength bear. Because my my neck and back pain had never felt so good while we were watching Moby. But yeah, absolutely nothing happened. Zero nothing at all. And then I thought, okay, that's it. I'm never it was stupid to try it once and it was probably not anything it was probably you know some bullshit aspirin like i said uh and then that was it that was that was the end of my that was the extent of any drug use beyond marijuana was uh taking you know probably an excedrin that somebody charged us a you know a million bucks for it saying it was ecstasy and nothing happened and i said okay i didn't really you know, I was curious, but not that curious that I'm going to go try it again. And I never did. And that was it. So weed and a fake ecstasy pill. And that was it for the drugs for me, for me. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so yeah, so we, we saw Moby, uh, had absolutely, you know, got ripped off on, on some Excedrin slash ecstasy X. Decedrins to see, maybe it was called. Um, yeah, nothing happened, and then we we finished. Uh, we, we enjoyed the the Moby concert, and went back to our tarp. Went back to our, you know, got a nice little plot of land. <laughs> we rolled out our tarp, and said, "Okay, well, that's it for the musical acts. Let's get some shut eye. Get an early start to tomorrow. Check out the bands, see the shows, and uh, so we we got situated in our little pillows." Finished our our final lunchable for the whole weekend, and uh, then um, then felt a few drops of water, and then a few drops more, and then more, and then more, and then uh, just got up and said, "Okay, uh, it's raining. 
let's go sleep in the car. And that's where we slept. We slept in Joe's fucking car for the rest of the weekend, Friday night and Saturday night. And, uh, which was great because everybody else was dying. It was a million degrees at all times during that whole weekend. It was fucking awful. And everyone, Joe had some friends from school, I think, and bumped into some people here and there. And, uh, they were all miserable because they were sleeping in tents and it was just, you know, basically just a big sweat lodge for everyone. So we ended up just, as usual, falling ass backwards into uh, the best possible scenario, getting a good parking spot, foolishly bringing a tarp only and some Lunchables, and that forced us to get out of the elements and sleep in Joe's air-conditioned car, which wasn't ideal, but it was better than sleeping on a tarp in the blazing hot awfulness that was Rome, New York. Saturday morning got up and, you know, throughout the night, uh, Joe slept in the dri- in the driver's seat with the reclining thing on. And I did the same in the passenger seat, just reclined and slept, you know, and had the AC on for much of the night, woke up feeling refreshed, got a good early start on the day. Realized we have no more food, so we have to spend the shit ton of money that it's going to cost to even buy a slice of pizza. I mean, but this was 1999. Fucking bottled water was four dollars at this place. I mean, for 20 years ago, like bottled water was like I don't know, 59 cents at the store. I think it was 50 cents, 75 cents if it was really maybe 99 cents if it was like a big bottle of water. At a store, maybe, like at an airport. I was like, whoa, 99 cents. Jeez. Oh, and, uh, oh. plug in, plug in the computer. Uh, so, so yeah, it was fucking $4 for water. And they had this fountain where you could, you know, oh, we feel bad. We don't want you to have to pay $4 every time you want water because we're just, you know, we're gouging the shit out of you on, on everything. Uh, here's a here's a fountain that we've uh, we've rigged up to like the uh, you know to the to this to the local like septic system, and now you've got some like toilet water to fill your water bottles. I, dude, I filled my bo- my water bottle on one of the days with this water from this little fountain, and I took a swig and just I just started gagging. It was the most vile tasting water. Oh, to to even imagine what was. The fucking bacteria, they the hot. Ugh, I don't even want to think about what I was what I was swallowing in that water. I was better off with the fake ecstasy, probably. Oh baby, so we. Uh, and if I had the time and the energy and the effort, it would be cool to like have Woodstock '99 music playing in the background. But that's. I've spent enough time on my sitcom episode that's coming at the end of this podcast. You you won't care that I didn't put music on the background of this Woodstock thing. Um, so, okay. So the first day we get up, meet some of Joe's friends, whatnot. Everybody's pissed because they're miserable. It was so hot. Ter- nobody slept. It was just awful. And uh, we felt pretty refreshed. So we, we got our shit together. And uh, I'm sure, Joe, whenever you listen to this, there's going to be a bunch of shit that I've forgotten that you will remember, and I'll have to have a follow-up Woodstock podcast thing. But for now, uh, this is this is what I remember, so you're going to get my memories of Woodstock 99. We saw James Brown. That was the first, on the Saturday morning, the first thing of the whole weekend was James fucking Brown. And I know James Brown is like kind of a... it's 
being revealed more and more like just what a piece of shit he was, but goddamn, what a fucking showman. Yeah, hardest working man in show business. I mean, that's that was evident because honestly, that was the best. That was the first concert, the first show that we saw the whole weekend. It was the best one. There was nothing better than James Brown that whole weekend. I had no, I wasn't a, you know, I didn't dislike James Brown, but I didn't go to Woodstock 99 to see James Brown, but he was there and it was the first act. So we went, well, okay, let's go see James Brown. And it was phenomenal. I couldn't believe how awesome it was. And then I officially was like, okay, now I'm a full on James Brown fan after seeing this. It was just, I can't even, it was awesome. Just awesome show. Tons of great songs, and then obviously the you know the performance, the dancing, all, you know all of his theatrics just combine into just an unbelievable show. And then you know I'm not gonna you know we saw we saw a ton of bands. You can look up who was there. All like they said, all the biggest names. Like I said, Dave Matthews and Alanis Morissette, and yeah, Metallica. And, what Kid Rock, Limp Biscuit, Corn, <laughs> like every every you know, it's like a who's who of 1999 music. Creed was fucking there. Creed was, you know, Creed sucks, you know, a giant bag of dicks. But man, they brought Robbie Krieger from the Doors. I was gonna get to this later, but uh, you know, we were the second day. We're walking around and. You know, we're like, eh, do we really want to go see fucking Creed? Not really. But we just happened to be over there. We were just like, okay, well, let's just take a walk over there just for whatever reason. And all of a sudden, you hear Scott Stapp, the lead singer of Creed. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Robbie Krieger from The Doors. He's the guitar player for The Fucking Doors, which I was a huge fan of The Doors back in back in, uh, middle, back in the 90s, back in middle school. And I still, from for nostalgia, I still listen to him. But goddamn, and then they did Riders on the Storm, and um, and like L.A. Woman, no, it wasn't L.A. Woman. It was I think Roadhouse Blues. I think it was Roadhouse Blues and Riders on the Storm. It was awesome. Like as somebody who, you know, in the '90s thought, oh my god, I can't. I wish uh, what I would love to just be alive to have, you know, seen the Beatles and seen the Doors and Jim Morrison and all these bands. And this is the closest you'll ever get, because Morrison's dead, long dead, and you've got Scott Stapp, who actually sounded a lot like Jim Morrison, doing these two songs, and an actual door, Robbie Krieger playing his guitar. So it's like, okay, this is it. I'll never get closer than this to seeing the Doors perform live. I'm hearing one of the Doors play his guitar. So that's okay. I'll, I'll never get anything more than that. I'm really, really happy about this. It was a, a fucking awesome surprise. We just happened to wander over there. Other, we would have otherwise never have gone to see Creed. It was just pure luck. It was so good. Um, one of the uh, one of the f- memories. I think I mentioned something about balls. We also you go there thinking like, hey, uh, you know, there's gonna be maybe some hot naked chicks walking around. No, <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> There was zero hot naked chicks walking around. There were naked chicks walking around, uh, and there were lots of for every for every naked lady, there was her naked fella right there with her, and it was typically people who were at the first Woodstock who were walking around naked at this Woodstock. So, and eh, not ideal. Sorry to be so superficial. I know I'm not. You know, 
I'm not the kind of guy to walk around naked at Woodstock either, so who am I to comment? But I am me, and therefore I will comment. So we're sitting there, and Shimo and I were walking around, and, you know, watching one of the shows, and we've, we've, we found some of these girls, and we sat down with them, and the only reason we befriended them is because they had a can of Pringles. They had, like, even Pop-Tarts, too. I don't even remember. I just remember the Pringles. They had a bunch of snacks, and while everybody else is standing up and swaying back and forth and this and that, these girls were just sitting there eating snacks, and we thought, let's, you know, at that time I could I could sweet talk pretty well, and so I did, and so we sat down, and, you know, the key is to pretend that they're more interesting than the snacks, so it's, hey guys, how you doing, hey, you got a great show, and this, you know, so where are you from, what's the blah, 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 having a nice little chat, and then just kind of sitting there and like, and I, you know, you, you, you get in with these people, you get into the inner circle, you don't even have to ask, hey, can I have a chip? Because that's, that's poor taste. You just, you, you, you put, you know, you lay the, you lay the foundation, you put in the, you put in the work up front and it's going to pay off on the back end. And so that's what happened. You, we put in the work up front, we we're, you know, charming and, and nice, and we were friendly and having a conversation with these kids, and we're just as baked out of our gourd as they were, so nobody even really knew what was going on, anyways. So I'm sure when I say I was being really charming, probably what happens, I walked, I probably walked over to them and said, "Hey, could I have Pringles?" Uh, so I'm sure I'm, <laughs> I'm sure if there was security footage of me being quote charming, uh, it's anything but that but anyways we did we befriended these girls and then eventually they led us into the circle and the circle is a can a circular can of pringles that's the circle that i wanted to get into and so oh would you like some pringles oh uh yeah i guess sure sure i'll have some pringles so i'm i'm just so i'm in heaven because it's like the food is so expensive we ate our lunchables on day one hour one (laughs) tarp the tarp's gone everything's gone it's it's five thousand degrees outside. It's four dollars for a bottle of water. It's you know a hundred and fifty dollars for a three bites of pizza. It's just a fucking mess, and and that's why everybody went crazy. By the way, is like I mean because they were crazy because every you know it's like drugs and alcohol and this and that lack of food because nobody can afford it because even in nineteen ninety nine that shit was expensive by today's standards. It was just, you know, they just gouged the shit. It was, it was the opposite. Like that article said, everything that Woodstock, the original, was, this thing wasn't. Um, but anyways, so it was nice to find some girls with Pringles and to sit and befriend them. And, and I just remember being so happy to just have Pringles. I didn't care about anything else. Uh, and then as we're sitting there with these girls and eating, enjoying their Pringles... And, you know, their company, I guess, not so much, really just the snacks. Uh, I saw an, the, the crowd parted, and through the crowd I saw a naked lady. And I thought, whoa, a naked lady, cool. And then as she got closer, it's like, oh, it's, it's the same naked lady that we've seen 87 times this whole weekend. It's just that one naked lady from the original Woodstock just walking around naked in the blazing sun. Okay, nah, not for me. And so I so I kind of put my head down, had another chip, and all of a sudden Shimo goes, he goes, Hopkins, look out. And I'm like, what? And I'm pretty high, and my reaction time is slow. And just as soon as I, 
as I look up, the naked lady is is gone, and then I look up and just see a big giant ball sack right in my face because they, you know, there was enough of a of a space in front of us, enough room, enough of a path that the the naked lady from the original Woodstock walked past us, and then right behind her was her friend, lover, partner, husband, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he was just as naked as she was. And I was sitting, you know, I was eye level to the junk. So I was looking down, eating Pringles. And then, of course, Shimo says, hey, look out. And then I look up and there's, you know, there's his dick and balls flapping around in the wind as he, you know, cuts right past me, you know, about six inches from my face. And I just started screaming. Just, it's like, what? Oh, my God, it's balls. Oh, it's balls. Ball, I just had balls in my face. That's disgusting. I want to, what the fuck? I want to get out of here. It's balls. And the girls over with her, you know, they're cracking up and, uh, of course, thinking I'm a fucking lunatic and Shemo's, everybody's, everybody's cracking up and I'm just flipping out because I just had, I just got ball, ball attacked. Um. Yeah, so that was you know one of the many memorable moments of Woodstock. I do not have nostalgia for that moment. Uh, you know, a lot of concerts, a lot of a lot of music, a lot of expensive food, and then the other thing. This is ridiculous. One of the highlights of Woodstock '99. I can't believe I'm about to say this. One of the big highlights of Woodstock '99 was the insane clown posse. Now. Not the music of the Insane Clown Posse. I am no fan of the Insane Clown Posse. I don't like their songs. I don't like the stupid clown makeup. I don't like the idiot juggalos. That's just, you know, the the gathering of the juggalos is just like, hey, you know, do you really feel like a piece of shit? Well, guess what? You're not alone. Everybody, all you fucking losers, come out in the woods and we'll, you know, we'll be losers together. It's just gross. I fucking hate ICP, <laughs> the whole goddamn culture, the whole thing. Um, but it is hilarious. And uh, I was looking at Gathering of the Juggalos today. That's a whole different... The whole lineup for that is, is fucking hilarious. Anyways, we went and saw Insane Clown Posse. I was a fan of them at the time because they, were, they did this video called Strangle Mania, which was these wrestlers. It was wrestling from Japan, like Cactus Jack, you know, Mick Foley and... Terry Funk and these two fat twin wrestler guys and a bunch of other guys and they were, you know, deliberately mispronouncing their names, you know, calling Cactus Jack, eh, it's prickly balls and, the, you know, just ridiculous, you know, that's where I got the, you know, the fat kids from the pool in Myrtle Beach, Ponderosa and Sweden House, the Insane Clown Posse were uh, doing the commentary for this Stranglemania video and just, you know, mangling the names of the wrestlers and the two fat twin wrestlers. They called them Ponderosa and Sweden House, and they would just, and uh, Sweden House, that big, fat, fucking slob of shit fucking falling up. And it was hilarious. We would sit around as high school kids, and we would watch this video, and we thought, oh, Insane Clown Posse, these two guys are really funny. And, you know, whatever. And they, they had, you know, they did stuff with WWF back in the day. So I was like, eh, you know, they're okay with me. Let's go check out the Insane Clown Posse show. And they played their crappy songs, all their shitty rap music, and they were dressed like clowns. And, you know, one of them was dressed like a superhero cape and all this shit. And it was really stupid. Um, and then all of a sudden in the middle of the set, actually, let me, 
I wonder if I can play that for you. Oh, good old YouTube. Here's the middle of... So they're playing their crappy songs. Insane Clown Posse. Yep, he's got that superhero cape. All of a sudden, a police officer shows up. And then what proceeds to happen is they put on a mini wrestling event. It was obviously a fake police officer. This is the wrong police officer. And so they've got like a couple of cops on stage shutting down in the middle of a giant music festival where there's, you know, a bunch of other stages and hundreds of thousands of people. They're shutting down Insane Clown Posse because it's too loud. There's too much going on, too much noise. We're shutting down the the ICP shows. So Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope proceed to uh, to do wrestling maneuvers on these guys. They kick them in the stomach, and then the place goes nuts. That was the only time that I... Uh, James Brown and the end of this Insane Clown Posse show with the fake police officer and then a, a wrestling... Thing breaks out were the two highlights for me and the doors thing and the balls in the face the balls in the face was probably the biggest highlight so you can hear the crowd going nuts because they kicked this guy in the stomach you know a WWF style kick and then they all of a sudden they set him up on a they try to set him and there's some clowns there's other clown literal clowns setting this guy up on a table and then the fat ICP guy. I don't know if that's Jed, Shaggy, Two Dope, or Violent J. You know, fat fuck ICP. Gets up on the top of a ladder. The crowd's going crazy and he s- drops his big fat ass on top of the police officer through the table. And the crowd just ate it up. Myself included. I was one of those screaming maniacs. Alright. And then they proceeded, I think, to play more of their terrible songs. That was and that was that was one of the many highlights of Woodstock. And then I just remember just being endlessly just sweltering hot. Uh, and then yeah, sweet so we, so we we saw a ton of music, a ton of these bands and artists. Like there's just an insane, <laughs> insane clown posse. Um, let's see, Woodstock '99. Acts, there's there's too many to even to even list. Like, I, like I I looked back recently. Yeah, I mean like. Oh, the Umbilical Brothers. How could I have forgotten that they performed? The Roots, Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, George Clinton, the P Funk All Stars, James Brown, Jamiroquai, Cheryl Crow, DMX, Offspring, Corn, Bush. Uh. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, Moby, Guster, Bruce Hornsby, Ice Cube, Los Lobos, Chemical Brothers, Kid Rock, Wyclef Jean and the Refugee All Stars, Counting Crows, Dave Matthews Band, Alanis Morissette, Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica. Like, really, it's fucking <laughs> Fat Boy Slim. Sunday, Our Lady Peace, Rusted Root, 
Seven Dust, Collective Soul, Godsmack, Megadeth, Willie Nelson, Brian Setzer, Everlast, Elvis Costello, Jewel, Creed, featuring Robbie Krieger, Krieger, whatever. Uh, And then look at this, Emerging Artist Stage, Super Suckers, Stormy Monday, Big Shrew, Muse. It's like, good grief. And then, of course, Red Hot Chili Peppers finished the whole thing off with their set. And then, of course, that was during the middle of that set was when, oh, look over there, there's there's a fire. Oh, look, there's more fires. And then the set ends, and Anthony Kiedis kind of throws down the, the, the mic stand, and they're done. They're like, fuck this, out of here. It's over. They leave, and everyone's just kind of waiting around like, oh, are they, are they done? Are they coming back? Is there <laughs> is there an encore? <laughs> are they going to do anything else? Is there something, is that the finale? Is there, a, is there something else that's going to happen? Are we going to get a refund for some of this pizza that we just spent thousands of dollars on? Uh, and then, yeah, so that's it. Con- and then that was just it. Concert's over. They Red Hot Chili Peppers just storm off stage, and it's over. And then there's more and more fires. Oh, look, over there is another fire. Oh, look, over there is another fire. And then Shimo and I said, okay, I think we should probably leave. I think that's it. Time to go. And so we just kind of, yeah, we laughed and we talked about wrestling and we talked about video games. We recapped the weekend a little bit. We laughed at ourselves for being idiots and bringing Lunchables and a tarp to sleep on. And, you know, we fucking survived the weekend. And so we, we walked, we walked back, back to the car through the chaos and the and the rioting and the fires and the insane it just it was it was you know that would have been a, a time to have a fucking cell phone or have a have a smartphone and instagram my god everyone everyone and their brother would have had pictures of all angles of all that shit it was really something and we just kind of me with my ping hat and my gross shorts and my dock siders and shimo we just just kind of strolled with our hands in our pockets. Not in each other's pockets that I recall anyways, but my hands in my pockets and his, respectively, his own pockets. Just kind of, just just like we were walking down the fucking street to go to the video store as kids. We're just walking through fires and screaming teenagers and uh, uh, back to the car. And then we just sat in the car for like, th- it took about three hours to get out of the parking lot. Uh, oh, oh my God! How could I forget the other highlight? Uh, at one point, there was a there was a fella who just kind of slowly toppled over on the ground, and his eyes were just—I uh, had never seen anything like it. It was clear that he was just, you know, beyond high. Um, He—I <laughs> don't know that he was overdosing. He might have been, but nevertheless, he was just kind of, you know, kind of hobbling around, having a good time, and then he just kind of. Uh, he just kind of lied down on the ground, and uh, and he was just kind of on the ground, staring up at the sky, not blinking. Which I'm I'm laughing. I know that's not funny, but it is funny because then the next thing that happened is <laughs> is some some other kid with one of those old Kodak disposable cameras, you know, came over and uh, and just stood over the guy and just took a picture of his face and then just kept going. And Joe and I, being as high as we were, thought that was the funniest thing ever, and we fell on the ground laughing. Uh, and then eventually the guy 
he began to stir a little bit. He wasn't he wasn't dead. I think I've added that to my memory of it, so I don't feel as uh, feel as bad <laughs> watching a guy keel over and die, and then somebody taking his picture. No, he didn't die, but goddamn, that was funny. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, and then we drove home through the night and got home right around sunrise. On uh, I guess that would be Monday morning around sunrise, we got home and then slept for five years. So Shimo. Send me texts and things. Tell me shit that I forgot, because I'm sure there's a ton of it. I'm sure there's a bunch that I got wrong. Um, you know, the timeline, I, I don't really, I don't know the timeline. I don't care. It was <laughs> it was over, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, those were those were my highlights. And Shimo, if you have any highlights of your own that I've forgotten, or anything that I've forgotten, let me know. And I will, I will add that to a future Birthday Boy podcast episode. Here's a band that had nothing to do with Woodstock 99, but uh, boy, that sure would have been nice if they did. And it's one of my favorite songs of all time. This song will never not make me think of 1993. It's fucking great. Alright. All right. Yeah, let's keep it keep it going for a little bit. Yeah. That's good. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm done. It's too late, and the podcast has gone on way longer than I anticipated. Isn't that always the case, though? So, uh, the podcast is not over, though. Uh, like I said, there's not a cliff. We do not have a cliffy call this week. But I've got something much, much better. Uh, so sit tight, buckle in, buckle up, whatever, whatever they say. Because uh, I think you're going to enjoy the pilot episode of Cliffy's Place. It's coming up next, and you're going to really, really like it. Oh, anyway. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, and I hope, I, I really feel like I've saved the best for last. I think you're going to like this upcoming uh, pilot episode of Cliffy's Place. You've got Grandma Cliff, Uncle, all the Uncle Cliffs, Cliffy Baseball, Scottish Uncle Cliff, Cousin Cliff, Macho Man Cliffy Savage is there, Dr. Huxtable, although uh, we changed his name to Dr. Duxtable because, you know, Dr. Huxtable already was a character on NBC, it turns out. Uh, although I say this and then, well, another NBC character shows up and I used the character's name from the show, so I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, but that's that's not news to anybody. Uh, so yeah. So listen, keep keep sending feedback. Uh, tell your friends. Leave five star reviews, please, if you can, on iTunes or wherever. I get to see some of the analytics uh, from iTunes and from Spotify, and it's it's looking good. Like at first, I'm you know I, I'm looking at it the wrong way, so I'm just like, God damn it! How come everybody's you know they were all listening to the first couple of episodes and now nobody's listening? Well, it's like, because now I, we have 17 episodes. You guys have shit going on. You don't have time to listen to every episode every second of the day. Uh, to the super fans out there, uh, you know, like Nate, Carrie, Stephanie, Shimo, Carl, 
uh, there's probably uh, sorry, Frank, Frankie boy, and Ryan. Hopefully, are you know still listening? The the birthday boy super fans, the super birthday boys out there and girls who are listening. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And Nate S is out there listening. I think still. I hope Jay, Chris, all, all you guys. And sorry if I didn't mention Mikey, uh, Kimmy, uh, who I think is like. Eventually she'll get it. by Christmas time. Hopefully Kimmy will be hearing this episode. <laughs> um, I can't thank you guys enough. And if you can tell your friends, just like if somebody, if you're ever talking about podcasts, cause people are always asking for recommendations for podcasts. So tell them to listen to the birthday boy, please. I beg, I beg of you. I'm desperate. Not really, but you know, I appreciate I appreciate listening because yeah, like I said, I'm looking at the analytics and thinking, oh my god, people have you know they've uh, they jumped ship after the first two episodes. No, it's just people are starting from the beginning as they should, and it's taken them a while to catch up. But every week, would you know, you look at the trends. I look at the trends, and it's like, well, I have more subscribers on iTunes, and now I have more followers on Spotify. Still not, you know, we're still talking like barely in double digits, like in the you know teens or. 20s or something i don't know maybe 30 might be even 30 which is nice that's really nice i love it i love you guys for subscribing and listening and telling your friends and giving reviews and five stars and emailing birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com i love all that shit so keep doing it and the trends that i see it's all going up on these these analytics that i get to look at where it's showing oh people are listening and they're listening for longer amounts of time and, you know, how many people are listening and how many people are following. And like, and I think I saw on Spotify that there was like, you know, up until like a week ago, it was all like, you know, everybody listening was like in the United States, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, but, but recently, and I'm trying to look at, I'm feverishly trying to type in my credentials to log into Spotify podcast Spotify thing log in and it gives you oh look at this whoa okay 33 listeners seven followers that's just on Spotify alone so that's nice and the it tells you the audience it gives you a little bit of information there's there's a real spike to today which is nice it was all it was all USA mail was was the listenership which is fine but now i look today and we've got uh, we've got 25% female which you know i guess that means like one female uh, female some male you've got united states uh, you've got somebody streaming this in germany at some point even if it was just for a few minutes great Guten Tag, uh, the Netherlands, uh, Konnichiwa to the Netherlands. <laughs> that's that's cool, man. The future, man. We're living in it. It's it's great. So keep listening, keep subscribing. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna play you. Stay tuned. You've got like twenty some odd minutes of of entertainment coming. I I tell you, I have saved the best for last. At least I hope so. And I hope you enjoy uh, season one, episode one of Cliffy's Place. It's probably the only episode that there will ever be of Cliffy's Place. And I really hope you like it. I put a ton of work into it. Laugh tracks, music, all, you know, the whole thing. The whole thing. 
Uh, so anyways, thank you for listening. I love you guys. You're great. And don't ever forget that positivity is stupid. And it's for jerks and morons. But, uh, but kindness... Well, kindness matters. Kindness matters. And that's all I have to say for you. That's all I have to say to you today. And until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for everything. We'll see you back here next week on episode 18 of the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators. Cliff is your name and your slacks are grey. It really means a lot. Wearing your pants just below your nipples. You sure are looking hot. Wouldn't you like an oatmeal taste? Bring those magazines, make haste. When Cliff is everyone's first name. And we play exciting games. Trivial P-Bibleopoly, the excitement is insane. You wanna go where Cliff is everyone's first name. Elbow drops and crusty socks, your slacks are always gray. You wanna go where Cliff is everyone's first name. Oh yeah, Cliffy, dig it. When your baby boy, your bata boy, won't give you a call. Cause he's hanging around down at the pound pound, toggling his balls. Cliffy, you make us all insane. What a day for a ball game. When Cliff is everyone's first name. Toggling balls becomes your game. Uncle Cliff and Grandma Cliff, the, the entire, entire Womack, Womack gang. gang. You wanna go where Cliff is everyone's first name. You want to go where oatmeal flows. And my voice just stays the same. You, you wanna, wanna go, go where Cliff is everyone's first name. Yeah, dig it. Cliffy's place was filmed in front of the entire Womack family. Cliffy, this is your grandma Cliff Cliff. Cliffy, where are you? I'm at the bar. You know Cliffy's place? The bar you purchased with me and your Uncle Cliff and your Uncle Cliffy baseball and Scottish Uncle Cliff? 
You know that bar? We're all working right now at the bar, and we don't see you. I see all of the Cliffy family members, except for you. Where are you, Cliffy? I've called you five times already today. Please call back and get down here as soon as possible. This evening rush hour is crazy, and we need your help, you son of a bitch. Now, Grandma Cliff, hold on just a second. Sure, just because my nephew, your grandson Cliffy, got me fired twice from the broadcast booth down in Port St. Lucie, Florida, doing the only job I've ever known and loved, broadcasting baseball games. And sure, just because he went into business with us on this bar here in Boston's beautiful, historic, and rather expensive Beacon Hill neighborhood, and sure, just because we've been working here for the last nine hours straight without hearing a single peep from our Cliffy boy, doesn't mean he's not going to come and chip in and do his fair share. In fact, I think Cliffy's going to walk through those doors any minute now. Yes, hello, Romax. It's me, Dr. Heathcliff Duxtable. Not to be confused with Dr. Huxtable, a previous NBC character. <laughs> but similar to Dr. Huxtable, I do enjoy mixing a nice drink once in a while for the ladies. <laughs> Oh, Dr. Duxtable, you sure are a scamp. You sure are a scamp. I believe the word you're looking for, Uncle Cliff, is serial rapist. Ugh, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Why don't you go have a seat, Dr. Cliffy Duxtable, and I'll mix you a drink straight away. Better make that 17 drinks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and deliver them to the back room, where I'm going to hold open casting calls for the Cosby Mysteries. Squeed it! Squeed it! Aye, I'll get 17 drinks to you straight away, Dr. Duxtable, and I'll throw in a puddin' pop on top. You better cool it with those puddin' pops, Scottish Uncle Cliff. You know, we're running out of supplies. Cliffy was supposed to call and order those kinds of things. Where the hell is he? If you ask me, I'd say our little baby butter boy took a trip to the pound pound. If that son of a bitch grandson of mine is sitting around at the pound pound toggling his balls, he's gonna have to answer to me. Now, now, Grandma Cliff, let's not go crazy, Womack style. Why, just like Uncle Cliffy Baseball said a few minutes ago, I'm sure our little butter boy, our little baby butter boy, is going to walk through that door any minute now. In fact, I'll bet the next person to walk through those doors 
is Cliffy himself. Hey there, everybody. Oi, who in the name of Angus McDuff are you? And why you dressed like a half-witted poofta? Uh, name's Cliffy Clavin. I'll have you know, good sir, I work for the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, well that outfit makes you look like a goddamn cunt. Why, this is my postal uniform. Uh, anyway, I couldn't help but notice the place was called Cliffy's Place. Uh, I thought I'd try this out instead of my regular part. Cheers. Uh, name's Cliffy Clavin. Pleasure to meet you. And uh, who might I say do I have the pleasure of meeting? Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Cliff Clavin from Cheers. I'm Grandma Cliff. And I stand around the bar with a dish rag over my shoulder for no good reason. Yeah, that sounds an awful lot like Carla from my bar. Cheers. I don't know who that is. And me, I'm Cliffy Baseball. I'm a washed-up broadcaster from the minor league team known as the St. Lucie Spungos down in beautiful Port St. Lucie, Florida. I got fired twice because I called my grandson Cliff in the middle of a baseball broadcast. So now I'm washed up and I own this bar with the whole Cliffy family. Yeah, so I guess you're Sam Malone. Whatever you say, idiot. <laughs> and as for me, well, I'm Uncle Cliff. Some of my hobbies include Bibleopoly, Trivial Pursuit Psalms Edition, and I love a good old-fashioned oatmeal tasting. And when I'm not doing those things, I'm here at the bar, working with my family, the Cliffs. The Cliff Womacks. Yeah, pleased to meet you there, Diane. Well, I do enjoy putting on rouge and dressing in Grandma Cliff's four-piece bathing suit. So I guess if that makes me Diane, then... Hello, Cliffies. I'm Uncle Diane Cliff Womack. Hey, I like the sound of that. Well, no, no, I really meant more like you remind me of Diane from Cheers. Eh, you know, never mind. Say, who's this guy over here? Sitting at the bar there, with the funny hat. Oh, hi, yeah. Drinking, 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 always drinking, yeah, ha. I'm the Macho Man, Cliffy Savage, yeah, dig it. And I'm here to provide a little moral support for Cliffy instead of financial support because I'm too much of a cheapskate, brother. Oh, yeah, dig it. Yeah, I guess that sort of makes you Nam Peterson. Tell you what, brother, you don't talk to me for the rest of the night, and I won't make you drink your own piss out of your own anus. How about that, Cliffy? Ah, uh, yeah. Yep, that's Norm Peterson, all right. Yeah, what about you, little shaver? 
Who might you be? Oh, Jesus Christ, uh, leave me alone. I'm, uh, I might just stop by to get some magazines. Cousin Cliffy said I'd go by and get his magazines. He keeps telling me he's got these magazines because my parents, my mom took my phone away, so I need magazines, if you know what I mean. So I'm going crazy, I'm going crazy. I don't know where Cliffy is. I don't know where Cliffy is. Where the fuck are you? Cliffy. Oh, God damn it, Jesus Christ, there goes my fucking voice again. Oh, fuck this place, I'm out of here. Mr. Clavin, don't mind him. That's Cousin Cliff. He has blue balls. Eh, I can relate all too well, I'm afraid. Ah, listen, mailman Cliff. Are you just gonna stand around all day staring at Grandma Cliff's pendulous breasts talking to everyone? Or are you gonna order a drink, you cunt? Yeah, I guess I suppose I am a little parched there. And by the way, who might you be? With me? I'm Scottish Uncle Cliff, and from Scotland, and I'm here serving drinks all by myself because the lazy Cliff family's standing around the bar talking to you, you prick. And my nephew, my little baby butter boy Cliff, can't seem to return our calls and come into work to help me sling suds for all these quants. <laughs> Excuse me, Scottish Uncle Cliff. Where are my drinks? My jello pudding pop isn't going to put itself into the girls' mouths. And who do we have here emerging from the shadows? Hello, I am Dr. Cliff. Duxtable, I am a doctor. And I am busy with some auditions. Yeah, I've been on an audition or two in my day. In fact, I was one of the biggest cliffs of the 80s. Yes, but I was the biggest cliff of the 80s and the highest paid, too. Yeah, but were you in any uh, Pixar cartoons? No, because cartoons are stupid. They rock the brain and they ruin the mind. Yeah, agree to disagree then, good sir. Guess one thing's for certain. It's at least nice to still be working. Let's move on to a different topic other than who's acting in what. Because I have auditions to get to and drinks to serve. Now where are my drinks? Oi, here's your drinks, you prick! Yeah, gee whiz, that's an awful lot of drinks there, Dr. Cliffy. Those all for you? Nope! Oh, god damn it. Yeah, what's the matter there, Grandma Cliff? Oh, it's that filthy Fritz Weatherby who just came into the bar. Yeah. He looks pretty harmless to me. Uh, that filth Weatherby, he's got to drive away all the customers by spinning his disgusting yarns and all his terrible studies. Ah, oh, great. The goddamn son of a bitch Weatherby, he's headed right for the bar. Hello, filth. Yeah, I mean, Fritz. What'll it be tonight? 
You know, my friend Gulliver Taint Rash was down at the old Wankawina tub meet with his old pal Reginald Vell Boner when suddenly Snatch Vaginson came in looking like a two-dollar hooker. All right, Fritz, that's it. You know what? Get out. Get out, you sicko. You and your yarns and your snatch and your taint. Get out of here. Well, I suppose I'll leave then. Just like the time Franklin Clitoris and his brother Mongo got kicked out of the Ball and Shaft Club back there in Knob, New Hampshire. Because they tried serving mud pies to fern piss stains at the chip beef supper. Well, as you can imagine, these mud pies were not made of mud at all. Get out! All right, I suppose I'll be going then. Oi! Fritzy got his trousers caught on the wee bar stool again. He's going down. He just fell crotch first under Dr. Duxtable. His wee willy winky is in Dr. Duxtable's mouth. Now that's a pop fly of a different kind. I guess you could say I just had my pudding pop and ate it too. Well, we've had a successful opening day here at Cliffy's place. Dr. Duxtable got his just desserts, you could say. We got rid of filthy Fritz Weatherby. Oi, and that's not the only thing that's filthy. We're filthier rich from all the money we made slinging suds to these New England pricks. Yeah, but you know the one thing that really burns my fucking ass? Not only did I lose my job in baseball broadcasting, but I went into business with all of you Cliffs, as well as my nephew Cliff, to open up this bar, call it Cliffy's Place, sling suds to suckers, and yet not a sign, a single sign of my goddamn nephew Cliffy. The butter boy son of a bitch, you goddamn son of a bitch, Cliffy, wherever you are, I hope you're happy for ruining our first day here at Cliffy's Place. I see everybody here. I see all the Cliffs. I see Grandma Cliff. I see Scottish Uncle Cliff. Mailman Cliff. Dr. Cliff. Cousin Cliff. Macho Man Cliffy. Savage Uncle Cliff. All the Cliffs, Cliff, except for one. Wherever the hell you are, I hope you're burning in hell, Cliffy, you son of a bitch. You butter boy, son of a bitch. Wait a minute. Look. On the TV. On the news. Oh my god. Turn it up. That's Cliffy. It looks like he's been in some kind of car accident. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hope the magazines weren't in the car. I hope the magazines are okay, wherever they might be. Oh, my God. My little butter boy. My little baby butter boy. Is he okay? Oh, please, Cliffy, be okay. Oh, my God. Oi, look. It's an overhead shot from the sky cam up in the news chopper. It's Cliffy! He's walking around, he's okay! Oh, thank God, there he is! Turn it up, turn up the TV, I wanna hear!
And let's go down live to Rim Dickles, who's at the scene of a 10-car pileup on the expressway. Rim? Yes, John, just an unbelievable scene here on the expressway. Ten cars all piled up together as a result of one careless individual who evidently, from what sources are telling me, was too busy toggling his balls to put his hands on the steering wheel and correctly maneuver the car as he needed to do. Evidently, he was on his way to the family bar to slingshots. However, on his way to the bar, he decided to sling suds of a different kind, resulting in the horrific scene uh, just behind me. I attempted to get a word with the young individual who was too busy toggling his balls and pounding off in his automobile to even make an attempt at being a remotely safe driver. I do, however, have confirmation that this young individual's name is indeed Mr. Cliff Walmack, oh and he is the co-owner and partial owner of Cliffy's Place in Beacon Hill, along with his grandma Cliff, his uncle Cliff, his Scottish uncle Cliff, and someone he referred to as Cliffy Baseball. One can only hope that his family members are too busy slinging suds at the bar to realize that Cliff was slinging suds in his car, so to speak. In any case, the lifetime of ridicule and shame that Cliff Womack has brought upon his entire family will no doubt have a severe impact on the success of this family business, this family bar known as Cliffy's Place, that the family has purchased together. It's a dark day for anyone named Cliff or anyone named Womack. There's no question about that. Live from the scene of the most embarrassing and horrific accident I've ever witnessed, this is Rim Dickles, back to you in the studio. Turn it off. Turn it off. I can't look at any more of this. Oh my god, my butter boy, my baby butter boy. Pounding off in his car, toggling his balls, pounding off, doing god knows what else. I'm gonna kill that grandson of mine. As soon as I get my hands on that little pervert, son of a bitch, bastard. Not if I get my hands on him first, that little goddamn butter boy, son of a bitch, motherfucking son of a bitch. Well, speak for yourself, gang. As soon as I finish this last bite of delicious oatmeal, I'm gonna get my hands on that little butter boy, that little baby boy, son of a bitch. Oh, who are we kidding? I can't stay mad at my little baby boy, my little cliffy boy, my little butter boy, baby boy. I'm just happy he's okay. I don't care about the bar or the money or the pounding off or the toggling the balls or never calling me. Just as long as my beautiful baby boy, butter boy, cliffy boy, grandson boy is okay, that's all that matters to me. Well, I suppose you have a good point there, Grandma Cliff. After all, it is cliffy. Our little baby boy, our little butter boy, pounding off and toggling his balls, but at least he's okay. You know, guys, I guess I guess I got a little carried away, wanting to kill that little baby butter boy son of a bitch after all he's put us through today, not showing up, and then this happens, toggling in his balls, getting into car accidents. But at the end of the day, he's a Cliff. He's a Womack, a Cliff Womack, and that's what we all are, every single one of us. We're all Cliffs. 
and us cliffs are gonna stick together. No, wait a minute. This, this cliff of yours doesn't show up for work. He gets into a car accident, hurts a bunch of other people, and you're not mad at him? Nope. Yeah, why on earth not? Cause, Cause he's, he's a, a cliffy. cliffy.